the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon and Merry Christmas to everyone out there. This is Pastor John Allworth, and I'm coming to you today from uh, from my living room. Uh, we had a little COVID scare. Um, I was uh, exposed to eight days ago, and I went and tested today, and I was tested negative. Praise the Lord! And uh, but out of an abundance of caution, I didn't come into the studio. I, I, I like it's a privilege and an honor to come to you live each Monday at 5.30. I like the authenticity, and I just like being able to communicate rather than, than recording the program before. I just want to speak to you from my heart and let the Holy Spirit guide me and just do it live. And so that's what we're doing, and I hope you all can hear me well uh, because I'm speaking through my, my phone from my living room. Uh, that's sort of the way it is for people these days. COVID, we all have to, to make accommodations for everyone else's safety. You know, there is some controversy about COVID. It's unfortunate uh, because, you know, as we all know, the media does overhype things. But, you know, I know and people from my law practice, people from my ministry, I know someone or knew someone that died uh, from COVID, and I know at least 20 people that have had it. It is real, and, uh, you know, it's not overhyped if you have it uh, because it can be very serious. So let's go into our prayer. Father God, we just come to you this afternoon, Father, and we just um, we thank you for your transformative power. We thank you for the power of your grace, the power of your forgiveness, the power of your love. You are just so awesome and so wonderful. Father, we need healing in our land today. We need healing uh, from COVID. We need healing from heart disease. We need healing from kidney disease, from cancer. And we need healing from the division that, that is in our nation right now. We need to be one nation under God. And we know that, uh, that only you can heal us, Father. So we trust in you. We put our faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Well, again, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, this is an exciting time of the year. But I want to talk to you about today about the real meaning of Christmas and about taking Christmas seriously this year. And what do we have to do to take Christmas seriously? Well, I want to talk to you about the story of uh, the real true story of the first Scrooge or the first Grinch, the man that actually tried to kill Christmas. And I want to contrast that with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, and I want you to think about this through, the, through this program, uh, who are you living for? Are you living for King Herod? who was the king of the Jews before Jesus Christ came along, and everything that he stands for, which is the world? Or are you living for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What is important to you? And as we 
slip out of this 2020, this crazy year that, that we've lived through and into a new year, into 2021, I want to ask you, who are you living? This is a story of two kings, and which one do you want to live for? You know, we see in Matthew chapter 2 the story of King Herod. You know, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the Magi came uh, and visited King Herod, and they asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? Well, there's so much significance in that first opening paragraph, because you see, we have the Magi coming from the east, and this signifies that the kingdom of God that Jesus was ushering in, that it's open to everyone. Salvation is open to everyone. They came from far away. And King Herod, he had considered himself the king of the Jews, so he didn't like that. So he was disturbed, and all the the chief priests and teachers of the law, they were disturbed. And so he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. So King Herod uh, called in the Magi, and he said, uh, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And of course, King Herod had no such plan. And after they, they left the king, they went and found the baby Jesus, and they gave him, and they were overjoyed. The star of Bethlehem led them to him, and they were overjoyed, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they'd been warned in a dream not to, not to go back to Herod, so they returned home by another route. So after they left, uh, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother, and escaped to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So they got up and they left to Jesus, and that, that uh, fulfilled the prophecy, out of Jesus, Egypt I called my son. So when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem that were under two years of age. Now this has been called, labeled the Massacre of the Innocents. What a horrible, horrible thing to do. Because King Herod, you see, he was only concerned about himself. Herod was a man of the world. He did what some might consider to be some good things. For example, he engaged in some huge building projects, including the renovation of the Second Temple in Jerusalem. At 25, he was named the governor of Galilee. And at 40, the Roman Senate named him the king of the Jews. Herod cared about the four Ps. He cared about possessions. He built seven palaces and seven theaters. He cared about prestige. The architectural accomplishments were meant to impress. He had ten marriages which were arranged to enhance his prestige. He was paranoid. He had thousands of slaves to build emergency fortifications, an elaborate network of spies. He cared about power through that paranoia. He killed his brother-in-law, his mother-in-law, one of his wives and two sons, the four Ps, possessions, prestige, paranoia, and power. And he ruled for 40 years until he clashed with another king, the King of Kings, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So Jesus didn't care about the four Ps. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, Jesus said, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus wasn't hung up on prestige. He came to this earth as a man. He, he humbled himself into the form of a man. He went to a, a little small place 
and began his, his, his ministry in Galilee. In Mark 10.45, he said, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was humble. He made himself into a man to the point that he suffered the horrible death on the cross. And Jesus healed people. He often told them not to tell anyone what he had done. Jesus wasn't paranoid. He trusted Mary and Joseph to take care of him as an infant. More importantly, he trusted his disciples to spread the gospel to the end of the earth. He trusts you today. He does. He trusts you. He gave you free will. He trusts you to make the right choices. Jesus didn't care about power. He could have come to the earth and, and done anything he wanted. He could have marched armies across and conquered lands. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 4, Satan took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give you, and if you will bow, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus didn't care about possessions, prestige, paranoia, power. He didn't care about those things. That's all Herod cared about, was possessions, prestige, paranoia, and power. Herod was of the world. Jesus Christ was a gentle lamb. So what is important to you? I ask you today, what is important to you? Do you want to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ into who he wants you to be, to fulfill your purpose? Or do you want to get hung up on the things of this world, which are transitory, which won't last? You know, in A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens paints the picture of an elderly miser who's been selfish all of his life. You know, it was originally published on December the 19th, and it was sold out by December 25th. The message was so powerful. In a series of dreams, Ebenezer Scrooge sees his former cruel self, and, and he sees all the horrible things that he did, how mean he was to people, how cruel he was to people, and where did that get him? He saw what would happen upon his death if he didn't change. And he saw that no one would care. No one would be happy. No one, everyone would, would, only people that would care would be the people rejoicing because they escaped from his debt. You know, that's, we don't want to make that our, our emphasis, these things of the world that are only transitory. You know, Dickens ends the story with Scrooge waking up a changed man. And he spreads cheer and joy by making large donations to charity giving his workers pay raises, and becoming a father figure to Tiny Tim. Dickens captured the true spirit of Christmas, and he captured what Jesus Christ can do for you tonight, the transformative power of Christ. You know, this is a, a choice between following Herod, the trials and tribulations of this world, the disappointments, the uncertainty, which has never been more prevalent in our society than it is today with everything that's going on. You know, I just got a message that we have no sound. Is that true? Uh, on, we're having some technical difficulties. Give me one second to try to straighten this out. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, now I got a message. We have sound. I'm not sure how much we we missed. Uh, can you send me another message from my wife? She's telling me. Can we send a send me another message, honey, and tell me when it started? All right. Well, this is Pastor John Allworth, and we're we're engaged in in the, as the show, the transformative power of Christ. And apparently, we've had some te- technical difficulties. And I've been painting the picture between the two kings. I've been painting the picture between Herod, the king of the Jews, labeled by the Roman Senate, and everything that he stood for. He stood for all the things of the world, possessions, prestige, paranoia, and power, and and the difference between Jesus Christ. And I've been asking people, who do you want to follow this Christmas season do you want to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or do you want to follow Herod? Herod stands for the trials and tribulations, the disappointments, the uncertainty, and ultimately the lack of fulfillment that this world offers, or Jesus offers the setting aside of worry and fear, the peace that surpasses all understanding, hope, faith, forgiveness, unconditional love, and the abundant life promised by Christ. You know, I'm not saying that, that Christ doesn't care about us living a good life on this earth. It, it, it doesn't have any problem with you doing well. In fact, if you live a structured, obedient, disciplined Christian life, I guarantee you it'll enhance your ability to, to, to excel in this world. But what he cares about is where is your heart? Is your heart more focused on the things of this world, on your possessions? Ask yourself this test. How important are your possessions to you? compared to your relationship with Jesus Christ? How important is power to you compared to serving others as Jesus Christ did? How important is prestige to you as opposed to living for the God that breathed life into your lungs? What is more important to you? Are you paranoid or do you trust in Jesus that all things good work work for the good for those who believe in him? What is more important to you? So I think there's a little Herod in all of us. There really is. We all get hung up on the things of this world. But Herod ended his life with a horrible disease, his body infected, his screams of pain. He couldn't, he couldn't stop the, the march of death. While Jesus lived a life of poverty and lowly position, while Herod could not save himself from de- death, Jesus could have. Instead, Jesus died a death of incredible purpose to demonstrate God's unending, radical, outrageous love. Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected three days later so that we could have the hope of eternal life. So I ask you again, what are you living for? Are you living for the Herods of the world? Are you living for possessions, prestige, power, paranoia? Or are you living for Christ, the gentleness, the love, the forgiveness, the grace, the understanding? Are you living for those things? As we turn the page on 20. 20 and into 21, let's refocus our lives and let's start living for what's important, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants you to have a good life, but more importantly, he wants you to live the life, follow his example, to serve, to forgive, to love, to change things. You know, I read a story, this is obviously a fictional story, but it made a great point. And that was a, a lady got a letter from Jesus in her mailbox, and, 
and it said, I'd like to come dine with you tonight. She was excited. She went to a store, and she bought the, everything she could think of to serve the King of Kings a wonderful meal. And, and she, she, on the way home, she ran into this couple, and they were obviously homeless, and they were poor, and they had nothing. And they said, ma'am, can you please give us some food? We're starving. She said, no, I can't. I've got an important engagement tonight. I can't do it. And, and, but as she turned around and started to go, she felt a tug on her heart. And she gave him those provisions. She didn't know what to do when she got home, but there was another letter in her mailbox. And it said, Dear faithful servant, thank you for the meal that you just gave me. Thank you for feeding us. We were hungry. That's what Jesus wants you to do. He wants it. How you treat the least of these is what's important to him. Not how you treat the powerful and those with prestige. Who are you living for? Are you living for Christ? Or are you living for what Jesus wants you to be. You know, home is such a dear concept to us. You know, it's throughout our society. Take me home, country roads. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. The green, green grass of home. Homeward bound by Simon and Garfunkel. Songs about home have gone out throughout our society, and, and including for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. Songs about Christmas from artists ranging from Bing Crosby to Bon Jovi. Well, do you know where your true home is? Your home is where your heart is. And this Christmas, let's make our home with Jesus Christ. Your home is not on this earth. This earth is transitory. It is but a whisper in the, in, in the sands of time. Your home is with Him. And your home is with, in heaven. Let's come home for Christmas this year. Let's reorganize our priorities and what's important. Let's come home to Jesus Christ. I don't care if you've never known him. I don't care if you've walked away from him. I don't care if you've been following, but you know that you can do more. Let's come home for Christmas. You know, the Amish have a, an interesting custom, and I'm sure I, I'm not Amish, and, and I, I don't want to denigrate them at all. But they have an interesting custom where, where young people sometimes leave their community and go out and experience the world. And 90% of them come back and are baptized into the Amish community. And, and that, you know, is an important part of some of them for their rite of passage. And so many of us do that. We go, I did it for much of my life. I was out in the world. And I was like Herod. I never got filled up. I never got enough power. I never got enough prestige. I never got enough possessions, enough money, until I came home. Until I came home with Jesus Christ. And I finally found fulfillment in serving others, in forgiving others. As I went through, I, I've been tra transparent in this process. I, I'm in recovery. I went through rehab, and I, and I got baptized, and I got saved. Praise the Lord. And I started living for Christ, and I'm not perfect by any means. But I have joy. I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. We serve a God of restoration. I made amends with people. I forgave people. They forgave me. I restored my marriage. So many things that are so much more important than what Herod stood for. The power, the prestige, all those things. Come home to Jesus Christ this Christmas. Let's take Christmas seriously, what it's really supposed to be about. Let's come home to Jesus Christ. You know, we believe in Luke chapter 23, Jesus, there's a story about Jesus and the penitent or the grateful thief. 
It's never too late to come home. That man was being crucified for his crimes, and apparently he had a long criminal history. But he turned to Jesus, and Jesus turned to him, and he said, I trust you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. God gave his only begotten son not to condemn the world, that so whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. It's never too late to come home to Christ. We serve his grace is never ending. Such a magnificent God. He, you can experience his transformative power tonight, wherever you're at, this afternoon, by accepting him in, into your heart. Jesus wants you to have what he described in Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. This Christmas, either build or rebuild your house on that rock. The promises of Jesus Christ. Home is where the heart is. Where is your heart? Who are you putting first? What is the most important thing in your life today? Is it power? Is it prestige? Is it possessions? Is it money? Or is it in helping others? Is it in forgiving others? Is it in serving others? Is it in doing what Jesus said? You know, Jesus said in Luke 9.23, he said, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, pick up their cross daily, and follow me. Let's turn the page on 2020 and begin living that, begin living that following Jesus. It's hard for us. We are made of flesh. Paul said, the great Paul said in chapter 7 of Romans, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. He said, I have to die daily. Each of us has to. We have to pick up our cross each day. We have to deny ourselves and follow him. But the reward is tremendous. You know, I lived most of my life thinking, oh, I'm not going to deny myself that. I'm not going to deny myself this. You know, I want this. I want this pleasure. But, you know, I never got that fulfillment. I never got that fulfillment until I started living the way that Jesus, imperfectly, but the way that you doing my best to live the way that Jesus wants me to live. So home is where your heart is. Come home this Christmas. Come home to Jesus Christ. You know, I read a story recently in uh, National Geographic, and it was talking about um, a uh, Belgian chemist who had passed away, and he'd done some work on trying to discover how life started. And it talked about how they're still working in in plants or laboratories across the nation. They're still working on trying to combine the right chemical elements to create life. And it reminded me of, uh, for, I'm going to first make a joke, and then I'm going to say something very serious. It reminded me of a story I heard, and that is that scientists told God, and of course this is just a joke, it's, 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 it's not accurate theologically, but I think you'll get the point. They told God, we don't need you anymore. We can make life. We can make, we can make our own life. And so he challenged God to making a, a, a person, a human, out of dirt. And so God said, okay. And the scientist reached down and grabbed some dirt, 
And God said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, get your own dirt. (laughs) So, you know, those scientists in those laboratories that are trying to discover the chemical makeup of life, I don't, I'm quite certain that they're never going to get there because life comes from the spark, the divine spark, when God breathed life into our lungs. That's where life came from. It didn't come from anything in this world. It came from the Creator, the Creator that spun the universe, the Creator that sent His Son to die for our sins and to be resurrected to give us hope that we need to come home to this Christmas. Come home to Jesus this Christmas. Come home to Jesus. I'm going to pray in just a minute for anybody out there that either has walked away from the Lord, wants a closer relationship with the Lord, or doesn't even know Jesus. There may be people that don't know Jesus, that don't know, that that are living with that uncertainty, with that fear, with that worry. We know as believers that perfect love casts out fear. If you don't have that belief, if you don't have that relationship, if you don't have that trust, you don't have that hope, you don't have that faith, then you have nothing. So I want you to come home wherever you are. If you've walked away, if you need that closer relationship, we're going to pray that in just a minute. In the meantime, let me promote this radio program. It comes on every 5.30 on Mondays. It's called The Transformative Power of Christ. And we also have a show, as I told you, I'm in in recovery. And my brother in Christ, Tony B., and I have a show on Saturdays at 4 p.m. called Recovery Radio Houston. It's Christ-based, faith-based recovery. For those not only that are suffering from the pandemic of addiction, but all kinds of strongholds. There are so many things that people are, lack of forgiveness, anger, so many depression, so many things that are strongholds. Christ wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And that's, you know, that's what I want for you as we turn the page on 2020. But more importantly, that's what he wants for you. He wants a different kind of relationship with you. He wants you to come home. You know, we've got a church that we started. Uh, we started it in, in March 1st, uh, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. We had three services and we got locked out of our building after that. You know, the vaccine's coming. We'll be back in our building soon. But in the meantime, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, we're on every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Just go to Facebook and look up New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. And we have a full church service. We have praise and worship, and we have a biblical message. It's not too long a service. It's about 40 minutes. But we'd love to have you watch us. You can go back on Facebook now and see our past sermons. And then we have a recovery ministry that, that meets every Friday. Uh, unfortunately, we had the COVID scare, like uh, like I started the program telling you, and we're not going to be meeting again until January 8th, but that's at 901 Wilson Road. 901 Wilson Road in Humble, Texas, every Friday at 7. Next Friday is Christmas, and the one after that is, is New Year's. So January 8th will be our next meeting. So those are three ministry things, and you can go to our, our website, which is, uh, which is nccgreaterheights.org nccgreaterheights.org and you can donate to our ministries because we are trying our best to be humble servants of Jesus Christ and seeking and saving the lost. We don't do it, but we lead to someone that can, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you would pray with me, uh, pray with me. Lord Jesus, repeat after me. Whether you want to be closer with him or you want to come to him, you've never, you've never known Jesus. Lord Jesus, 
I'm a sinner. Jesus, I want to repent of my sins. I know that you came and that you died for me when I was yet a sinner. And thank you for that. I want to repent of my sins. You have to mean this in your heart. Repeat after me. I want to repent of my sins. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. You know, if you prayed that prayer, you know, then you just got your name written in the book of life. And all of heaven just rejoiced. Join us every Monday at 530 right here on KKHT, the transformative power of Christ. Amen and good night.